Hey you guys, Lauren here. It has been a minute since we've recorded a new episode, so I wanted to leave a little surprise for everyone going back re-listening or maybe you're listening for the first time. If you are interested in our graphic design contract template, you can use the code LOYALLISTENER for 50% off, making it uh, $37.50. This is an awesome, thorough contract I made in collaboration with my lawyer, Kirsty Lockmiller. If you are insecure about your current contract or maybe you don't have a contract, I would definitely recommend this one. You can find the link at our show notes and use the code loyal listener. Thanks for your support. Hey, I'm Lauren. I'm Steph. And this is Design Beat. Hello and welcome to Design Beat, where we share the stories of creative women who dance to the beat of their own drum. We hope you come away uplifted, inspired, and encouraged to go for it. Today, we're talking with Katie and Alana from Lumiere, which is an amazing resource for artists who mean business. Katie and Alana are both artists and have been in the industry for a long time, and they have so many amazing resources. Uh, You can check that out at the link in the show notes. In this interview, we talk about finding your passion, following your passion, doing what you love, getting rid of what you don't. This, honestly, this conversation was just a party. I loved talking to them so, so much. I loved our focus on mental health and taking care of yourself and how that can be hard sometimes as an entrepreneur where your income is directly related to your performance and how much time you spend on your business. And uh, we talked about some really important things for entrepreneurs and business owners. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Really quickly, I wanted to remind you that our freelance design contract template is 50% off for the entire month of November with the code Black Friday at designbeatpodcast.com. That will also be linked in the show notes. Let's get into it. Good morning. I'm so excited to talk to both of you today. Yay. So excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Of course. Okay. So we like to start out with rapid fire questions. Just kind of random questions. First thing that pops into your head. You ready for this? Do you want to plan to, like, one of us just go first every time? Okay. Uh, you go first. Okay. <laughs> cool. I'm Sounds ready. good. I'm going to volunteer you for it. Okay. Favorite snack? Chocolate. Oh, dang. I'm already struggling. Um, oh. Chips. <laughs> what kind of chocolate? What kind of chips? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Any form of chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's not, it's not even a nutritious snack. Uh, I just need it all the time oh yeah me yeah. too um chips it depends on my mood but i'm a big sour cream and onion fan mm. can't go Ooh. wrong gotta have that stanky oh. breath yeah <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yum mm. i love it it's worth it okay beach or mountains oh. yeah that's that's tough yeah both <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm really struggling with it, too. Um, it's a hard oh one. Gosh. I think it depends on time of year, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the bottom, jump in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. So Whichever one that is. 
Um, yeah, no, I love both. And even yeah. the mountains in the summer, though. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so beautiful. Utah is a, a perfect example of yeah. where you could pretty much have both. You got the water, mm-hmm. you got the mountains. My husband's yeah. from Canada, and we got married. Not a whole lot of beach happening. <gasps> you Park. did? Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. And it was just the most beautiful thing ever. But they had lakes. Amazing. Beach, but they had lakes right. and the mountains, and, yeah, the best. Yep. Oh, so awesome. Okay, when are you most productive? Morning. Midday, early morning. Like, not early morning. Uh, late morning. Mm-hmm. There's probably an overlap there because I have young kids. So, like, yeah. 7.30 to 9.30 is kid, is mom hat. So, mm. Pete and I probably overlap on our... Yeah, we brother. start to talk, like, about, like, 9.30 on to, like, 2 p.m. And then later in the evening after that. Yeah, mostly me That's sending we, Venn diagram. Eight, yeah, mostly <laughs> me just sending you 8,000 um, Marcos because I uh, I need human interaction. So Yeah. Yeah. I'll be that for oh, friend. Oh, I get Thank that. You. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Do you have a favorite art or design quote? Oh, um, <laughs> you go. <laughs> William Morris has a couple good ones. I really like, what is it from him that's like, have nothing in your home that you don't believe to be useful or beautiful. So like, it's kind of mm. like a Marie Kondo vibe where you're like does it bring you joy uh can you use it then ditch it i like it Mm. that's a good one i love that i can't think of the one i'm thinking of (laughs) there it's gonna come back Mm -hmm. to me if it comes back to you let us know i will (laughs) that's a hard one okay did i say last one was last one i have one more no um okay last one (laughs) favorite season fall Sorry, you're supposed to go first. I, was, but I feel passionate. I was gonna say fall. <laughs> I was gonna say fall too, but uh, summer fall. Mm. End of summer, early fall. Yeah, I'm a summer girl, but I've loved. I love fall too. Summer. In I'm Utah having a hard time letting go of fall. Nice. It is nice, and fall too. The mountains are so oh, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Let's dive in. I'm excited to hear about both of your backgrounds and your stories. So if you want to just both take a minute to give us a little background on what you do. Yeah, actually, um, our our journeys to get where we are today are really similar. We both went to design school and got jobs in the field as art directors, um, different, obviously different agencies, different um, experiences, but we both kind of felt like there was, there must be another way. We didn't, we had great jobs, great coworkers, learned a ton, but it just wasn't as fulfilling as we wanted it to be. So we decided to uh, strike out on our own and work for ourselves as freelance designers and illustrators. And we stumbled upon the world of art licensing. And so art licensing is basically renting your art to use on products. And we really fell in love, but there was not a lot of information online. So a couple years in, we found each other through DMs and realized that if we worked together, we could start to share and help other artists to learn about this. So that's when we got together and formed Lumiere so that we could help other artists make more money from their work and learn that there was more than one way to have a career doing the work that you love. I love that. Thank you. Anything you want to add to that, Katie? 
<laughs> I mean, I think that's great. Uh, just the power of the freaking internet is really cool to start a business with somebody that literally slid into my DMs. And we started the business before we'd ever met. And we just met for the first time like a month ago um, after two years in business together. So uh, I think that's a really fun fact about how our business and like how businesses can operate these days. Totally. And we've experienced that with the podcast where mm-hmm. it's like a lot easier than you think it is. Yeah. And everyone's used to doing Zoom calls all the time, especially after COVID. And we've got Marco Polo, like we were talking about before we started the interview. And it's just so awesome that we can, like, hop on a call with someone anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen definitely so learned more, that. Seeing so many more collaborations and, like, group just uh, chats and um, slacks and all sorts of things where people are just figuring stuff out, doing projects together, starting businesses together. It's a pretty amazing time. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and I think we're all craving human connection more than ever yeah. before right now. Yes. Oh, I know yeah. I am, for sure. So what were you both like growing up? Were you creative as kids? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I was. I, go ahead, Katie. I grew up <laughs> from uh, in a family with both creative parents. They're both musicians. Um, They actually met at the University of Rochester, or the Eastman, um, in Rochester, New York, which is really funny because that's where Alana lives. Uh, And so she took me around and gave me a tour when I came up there, and I FaceTimed my parents, and they were having a great time. Um, But they had a lot of music in the house growing up, and they always really encouraged um, creative expression. And so I thought I was going to be a vocalist a jazz vocalist um for the good wow. early part of my life and then in like high school I was in a photojournalism class and we had like a project that was to create an insert for a cd cover and so I did that project and I was like staying late every day and I remember turning to my teacher and being like what is this that I am doing and he was like, that's called graphic design. And then um, <laughs> I kind of changed my focus at that point because I thought it was cool, too, to, like, kind of create my own path and forge my own way. Like, that was still creative, but a different choice for my parents, too. And my husband's a musician, so I get that side of it. But, yeah, that's kind of my that's my childhood in a that. nutshell. Also, there was roller skating mixed in there. <laughs> Oh, can't leave that out. You cannot leave skating. that out. And a lot of musical theater. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, cool. I also came from a creative family and my um, father's an entrepreneur. My mom had, had um, run a couple businesses, but um, like deep in her soul, I think is an artist. She does watercolor now, uh, doesn't share it, but she does. My grandma, my great grandma and my sister are all artists. So I knew that creativity was really important. Um, from the time I was like eight until I was like 13, I thought I was going to be an Olympic swimmer. Uh, that didn't work out for me. Um, <laughs> but I, I knew I was going to be a designer, just like Katie said, like the, when I took the first class introducing myself to it, I like fell in love and I, I thought I might do interior design, um, that show trading spaces. Yes. <gasps> yeah. I, I was, was like, obsessed. that's me. 
That's anything TLC. <laughs> Looking back, that was the worst design I have <laughs> ever seen in my life. Completely horrific. Okay. But in they a would way, do like something sand in, in bedrooms. And they like... would do sand in the bedroom. Oh, like, I don't remember hay. that. That's Stuff awful. on the wall. Hay <laughs> on the wall with glue. Yeah, hay. <laughs> Okay, what were you wow. thinking? Like, oh, you like the beach? Let's put literally a sand. beach in your Let's bedroom. Let's put sand in your bedroom. <laughs> That's the perfect place for sand. So um, oh, I, I went to, that. when I went to design school, I interviewed at both. And I like quickly learned that interior design was nothing like trading spaces. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So graphic design. So um, I think we both just like immediately found our home when we learned about typography. And um, it's been really fun to even evolve after school and see where that takes us mm-hmm. I love that I love that Katie you were like whatever this is I want to do it yeah this is what I'm doing on the what computer what is this here what is this tell me does it have a name I like it yeah, sure does <laughs> <laughs> oh I love that so much so did you have like a specific moment where it clicked for each of you where you knew this is what you wanted to do as a career. I know you both were working at other jobs and then left yeah. to pursue art. Our jobs were in the same field, though. So, oh, okay. I mean, we both went to design school. I think that moment was what Katie just mentioned. It's like when she did that photojournalism class and was like, this, whatever this is. Yeah, that was at least and to get on the me, path of like design in general. Right. And then there's been like little mini moments to kind of hone in from there, like... Alana and I both ended up being art directors, so we kind of um, niched into that side of design. And then um, when we decided to start our own businesses, that was another decision. But for me, that decision was like a very slow burn. I Mm -hmm. never thought that I could handle something like that or like could not like I know I can handle a lot of like work. But I just was very intimidated by the idea of, like, running your own business. I was like, oh, that's something other people do. That's not – I didn't go to school for that. How would I do that? Um, So that's something I came around to pretty gradually. And I just wasn't happy doing the client projects that I was doing that were, like, not fulfilling me and having, like, um, somebody else kind of dictate what my creative path would be. There were great moments of that, but I also just, like, had a yearning (laughs) inside of me that was, like, I want to set what I'm doing. Um, So, yeah, that kind of built up over time for me, and then I just started, I started writing a business plan and told myself when I finished the business plan, I would leave my job, and I just saved up a bunch before that, and then I did. I love that. Wow. Such a great story. Um... I guess mine is the same thing, like tons of little moments that were just like reminders that this was the right path. But when I left, the decision to leave my job was also like a drawn out one. I really thought like, okay, I want my income to be here. I want my side projects to be here. I want to meet these milestones. I want to see this project through. And kind of the like final straw was when I signed my first licensing deal. And at the same time, also got an invitation to be an adjunct professor at the school that I um, graduated from. And so- Mm. I was like, okay, if everything fails, at least I still have this mm-hmm. um, to, to support me, um, even in the tiniest way. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, okay, this this is it. I can't do all of these things and be a human. Like I can't just continue showing up 
and having nothing left for to give. So that's when I was like, okay, let's do this. But it was a long time in the making and a lot of mini decisions that like confirmed that I was going in the right direction and some mm. screw ups too, of course, but yes. um, there wasn't like one aha moment. So that leads me to my next question. What challenges did you both face when you were starting out? Well, I, um, one of my big ones was mental health. Um, I am a, or I, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Um, I have done a lot of learning about it, uh, and working on it, but, um, that's part of one of my issues. And then another is that I, um, get very stressed about like money and just things in general. It just, I get overwhelmed pretty easily Mm -hmm. and being my own boss and in charge of it all. I mean, I did have my husband's, um, income coming in as well, but I didn't really consider that in my mind. I really wanted to be self-sufficient as soon as I could be, but anyway, it really got to me. And, um, I had my first panic attack, um, a couple months into it. And I did not know what was happening to my body. And I literally thought I was dying, which is apparently like a very normal thing um, when you're having a panic attack. And so, yeah, I had to deal with how my brain changed um, and responded to self-employment. And that's something that people definitely don't share about enough. There's definitely like the, the nice sides of entrepreneurship, um, the working for yourself, the creating your own schedule in your own life. But then there's also, I mean, it's hard for, especially for certain personalities um, to handle all that. So that, that was something I really had to, to reckon with. (laughs) Yeah. I appreciate you opening up about it because I do wish more people would. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that I've experienced and I know Steph has experienced and I think it helps whenever somebody opens up about it. I think it helps so much just destigmatize and realize that we all have our stuff. Yeah. And you can still be a really successful entrepreneur and amazing artist and struggle with your mental health. And it's, yeah. I think a lot more people struggle with it than we think. Yeah. For me, Definitely. I ended up. Um talking with a therapist who really helped. I found the right therapist for me um, and started going like weekly after my panic attacks and um, got on medication as well, which has been really helpful for me to like level things out. But yeah, I mean, you have to be honest, like when you're going out on your own, especially after you've like been at a job where you weren't responsible for everything. Um, I mean, it's, it's just a lot. It's, you have to wear every hat all of a sudden and, um, you have a lot of stresses on your plate that you didn't have before. So it's important to like, before you take that leap, if you're considering taking that leap, kind of prepare yourself for that. That doesn't mean that you, um, shouldn't do it. Absolutely. I would go back and redo it a million times, but it just means like, take a second and think about like, how can I best prepare myself for this? Yeah, How can I be, be like kind to myself um, during this process as well? Because you are going to fail and um, you're going to have to get back up and uh, it's going to be a ton of, of work. And um, But there's going to be good stuff too, for sure. So Yeah, just make sure 
you have those expectations yeah. and like and you said you're prepared when you go out and on your own like it's not um the end all be all too like if it's something that you decide you try and you decide hey this isn't for me or um I need a partner or I need to restructure my business model to work for me, then that's totally okay. Yeah. And I think a lot of people see it as going out on your own is like the thing that you have to do as an artist. And then you get there and it's like, oh, this is actually just the beginning. And (laughs) I have so much work ahead of me. Right. It's definitely not for everyone. I think we've had some really great conversations with our friends who have struck out on their own and gone back to work and yeah. they're like, I just mm-hmm. love that at five o'clock I'm done because yeah I think that was huge. probably my biggest thing is that I did not know how to say no and obviously that takes time and I wouldn't go back and change it because I learned so much and I did it at a time in my life where I could say yes to everything but you cannot do it all and a nine to five is amazing and there are so many really benefits is. to it but if you feel more fulfilled calling the shots and you like wearing different hats, then like good for you. It's great. Um, totally. There are people I would don't think I'll ever go back to working for someone else. But there are people who have amazing jobs and amazing teams. And I always am like, that's amazing. I'm so excited about that for you. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I wish my experience had my experience did give me an opportunity to enjoy that. It just wasn't as fulfilling as this is. So it's not for everyone. Right. Totally. And there are different seasons of life, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I started freelancing in college and just continued freelancing. And I wanted, I was at a phase in my life where I didn't want to be the business owner anymore. And I just wanted to design. Mm-hmm. I literally just wanted to design and do nothing else. And so I did work in-house for a little bit and it was perfect for that phase of life where I could just, like you were saying, go to work and then go home. Mm -hmm. And it also, working that job made me miss working for myself. And so it kind of reignited that in me. And so I think there can be different phases and there's no wrong answer. I did feel a little bit, um, I don't know, working, going from working to myself to working for somebody else sort of made me feel like I was giving up in a way like oh I couldn't I couldn't cut it for a little bit as my as my own boss but I think you just need to give yourself grace and just not look at what everyone else sees and just look at your own life and if how you're spending your time who you're spending your time with is making you happy then I mean Mm -hmm. that's more important than what everyone else sees and thinks of you and I think even pulling back I'm so sorry that you felt oh I you know I'm not doing going back to working full-time is like not cutting it but the truth is there are people who are self-employed who are like I wish I could just get that job yeah and so we always have to remember that like it's just like you said it's just not right in this season or I just want to try this and see if it works you can always switch and so I think a lot of people feel that like oh, it's selling out or I'm not good enough. But the truth could be said about the opposite. So one thing I like to ask myself is like, do I know this to be true? Like, is it actually true? Do I have evidence (laughs) to say that I'm not good enough and that's why I'm doing this? Or am I just going to be a huge asset to this in-house team? And it sounds amazing. Um, I have a friend who ran her own uh, company and then she was approached by Facebook to basically do what she was doing, but for Facebook. 
And she was like, okay. That's <laughs> that sounds amazing. Great. You're going to give yeah. me all the tools I could possibly need, but I'm still going to have the impact that I was having on my own, but I'm going to have a whole team of people supporting me now. Um, and she is so happy that she was able to make that decision. And to her, it wasn't quitting. It was an amazing pivot. Totally. I love that. If you guys haven't checked out Skillshare yet, you need to. You can learn about pretty much any creative field from the best of the best. And one thing I love about Skillshare is that you don't have to pay per class. You just get a membership and you have access to all of their classes. And it's self-paced, so you can start as many classes as you want. You don't have to finish anything. You can jump around. If you want to brush up on any of your skills or learn something new, Skillshare is a really great place to do that. You can get 40% off an annual membership at the link in our show notes. What's the best advice you've received? I don't know if this is like advice, but it's sort of my like, it's always my go-to, like what, what would you share with someone? I just think that you should not do it if you're not passionate. And that goes for pretty much anything. Like if it's not bringing you joy, if it's not worth your time, if it doesn't feel good, then stop doing it. Whether that's working full time, whether that's working for yourself, whether that's taking on client projects, whatever it is. I just think there is life is way too precious to be doing things that don't bring you joy, even in the moments where you're learning something new and you're like, this is going to be tough at first. It should still be exciting. And you should be like, I know I am doing this. I have to learn this. It's going to be great. It's challenging. It needs to come from a place of passion. Otherwise it's just not fun. Yeah. Mine uh, is similar and it's not like one individual piece of advice. It's like, a congregate of um, what my dad said throughout my childhood. Um, He, like I mentioned before, is a musician um, and played with some of the best orchestras around the world. But then he um, ended up kind of changing paths because um, he wanted more stability and he was having difficulty finding... um, a job when he came back to the U.S. from Brazil, and um, he ended up going to work in uh, computers, and uh, really, I mean, he was happy to be able to provide for his family and feel, like, comfortable in that way, but um, he was pretty much miserable in his, like, decision to shift gears and he felt kind of stuck um and so he always really instilled in me like make sure your job is something that you like deeply love because that's what you spend a lot of your time doing as a human so much much and um yeah so he was always like really exposing me to all sorts of different things and anything I was interested he would let me lean in and and encourage that and yeah, so that, I mean, that that's, like, a huge pillar of why we do what we do with Lumiere, too. Like, we believe that everybody deserves to do the work that they love and be able to um, sustain their lifestyle through that. And, um, yeah, so shout out to my dad for um, getting that in my head. And it's been really important with the path that I've ended up taking. I feel like love that. I'm, I'm reiterating, but... Yes, 
we both feel so strongly that you should be able to do what you love. But we also know that not every moment is going to be fun. We know that not every right. moment is going to be easy. Yeah. Like, sure, uh, when we have to do our taxes, we, we want to rip our hair out a little bit, but it's so worth it. And we remember why we're doing it. And we remember that it's just like a piece of the puzzle that allows us and is fuel to us to do the longer, you know, that's like one week of our life. <laughs> Whereas yeah. <laughs> the rest of the time we get to do the things that really bring us joy and it, it supports us doing those things. Yeah. So do you have any advice for someone who may be struggling to find their passion? Yeah. Uh, literally try everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> like take, take Skillshare classes, take um, classes at a local, you know, I think most cities now have like local creative crafts or just like anything that you as you're scrolling that excites you like just research it and give it more than one hour of your time just like dive a little deeper and really like get into the nitty-gritty and see if it still is exciting and if it's like igniting something in your soul and then chase that and then when it's no longer igniting anything then then check something else yeah I, I think that. too finding community and groups around what you're starting to be interested in can be a big like catalyst to really get in um just seeing because like it can be kind of lonely to be exploring something by yourself and you're not exposed to everything and there's stuff that you're missing and you don't have anybody in your same position so if you can find those people I know that finding like the lettering community on Instagram was the like a complete catalyst for me because probably if I hadn't found that group of people I would have been like oh this is like something that's not attainable for me. I'm not going to be at the level ever that I need to be to like actually be a lettering artist and call myself a lettering artist. But then I met a lot of people who were in the same position as me and were just starting and figuring it out. And um, so we all kind of encouraged each other. And that was huge. I love that. That was huge for me as well on Instagram. When I was starting, Instagram was newer. And just seeing people who were doing what I wanted to do just gave me so much hope and could see like oh she is a young mom too and she has a design business and it just I totally agree with that just seeing that it's possible gives you that energy and motivation to do it yourself too okay so walk us through a day in the life for each of you in your business right now okay um <laughs> but I will it's not as glamorous sometimes as I wish I could be like yeah so I, I wake up at um 5 15 get on my peloton um no that's not what happens um <laughs> I get up at like 8 8 30 um take my dog out <laughs> How Katie, detailed do you Katie, that be? that is um, glamorous. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, I, no, I do. I that sleep is late. That is I sleep late, and I I do enjoy that. Like that's a huge thing for uh, working for myself because I freaking hated all my life getting up early. I hated it. Um, so you yeah, you can wake uh, up whenever you want. <laughs> um, Alana and I usually start chatting around like 9 30 or so about just stuff that we have going on I usually have like a kind of leisurely morning um 
we start chatting and then we have a Trello board where we organize everything that needs to get done and we have any tasks. Um, if we like don't have something that is immediately on, we have like a huge list of stuff that we want to do. So we there's always something that we can grab from. Um, so yeah, I mean, I work like most of the day on logistics and back-end stuff for Lumiere um, and planning out what we're going to do next and executing it. <laughs> and a lot of it is just me on my computer, tip-tap typing away, um, <laughs> taking my dog for a walk. And then um, I definitely don't draw as much as I used to just because Lumiere has been such a huge part of um, – my our businesses now um but maybe like once twice a week I'll um create some art during that too like something for my licensing portfolio and yeah I generally work till like uh 7 30 or so um my husband works late so he comes home then then we have dinner and watch a bunch of shows <laughs> I love it. Honestly, that sounds really glamorous, Katie. Except your days, your day is just like a little long. Because yeah, you take well, a lunch, hopefully. Uh, I'm kind of bad at taking lunch, but now that mm. I have a dog that I'm responsible for, which is new, um, I have to like pay attention to his needs, which is good for me because I have to prioritize somebody's needs. Finally, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, my day, I work in sprints because I have two littles. Um, so I wake up at six and I get out of my Peloton. <laughs> I mean, I am not really. You kidding. do not. It's not a Peloton, but it's right. A I do. Bike. I do use the Peloton app. I do love it. Yeah. Um, but I work out Monday through Friday. It to me like sets my tone for the day. If I got nothing else accomplished, at least I moved my body and that makes me feel good. Um, then I shower and get ready and I get my kids off to school. So I get to the desk, my desk by like nine 15 and I work in a sprint until my daughter, cause she's only one is done with school. And in the morning I try and do like, get our email, get organized for the day, make sure everything is like ready to go. And then in the afternoon we'll either be like working on client work or if we have meetings, I'll try and schedule them for the afternoon. Um, and then, yeah, just like picking up whatever project we're working on. Um, and then afternoon is after like four o'clock is usually when my day ends. I think about work (laughs) that never turns off, but it's family time. Um, so, you know, we make dinner, we play outside, we do the, do the things and it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, neither of us, especially with the pandemic have, have really anywhere to be, I guess, except for home. And, um, that's been kind of a lovely thing to embrace over the last year and a half. Totally. I, I didn't agree. mention that I shower. I heard you say you shower, so <laughs> I just want to be clear. Thank that you. I shower. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> we we were wondering. Uh, that would make for a fun conversation. Like Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know. I don't know that. Doesn't shower. Yeah, I don't know that reference. <laughs> it's like a thing right now that he doesn't shower. Oh, <laughs> wait, I've seen like Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher talk about this. Do they say that too? Yeah, and they've talked about like they don't bathe their kids as often, I think, and people are like, "Why?" But it's like <laughs> you preserve the natural like oils, oils. and stuff. I don't know. Um There's yeah, actually dermatologists. Oh, sorry. 
Oh yeah, go for it. I no. want to hear. I don't know. Much <laughs> no, I was gonna it. say <laughs> um, that there are dermatologists who say you should not shower every day, especially yeah. if you have like sensitive or dry skin, because it lets your natural oils build up, and then you're not stripping yeah. them off every single so day. So I don't shower every day. Actually, it's usually I every don't other either. Day. Mm-hmm. Are they saying I do don't too. shower every day? Is, like, is every other day good, or are they saying don't use How soap often? every day? Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. Okay, but I we know need that to they we said, need to research this. We need to find we out. Need... Yes, it's important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't shower every day, but it's not something I share with people. Maybe I should start bragging yeah. about <laughs> that. Out there now. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's usually because I have three children, and yeah, I that'll like do to, it. But well, also if I was like going outside and like doing a hard workout or like a nice hike or something, I would shower after yeah. that. But I, I work from home and mostly I'm in my pajamas. Um, you know what? And I've been known to keep pajamas on for two days, the same ones. So here's here's what I wonder: <laughs> Do you think these celebrities maybe have someone sponge bathe them, and that's why they don't shower? Yeah. Yes. Because I you I enjoy it a out. I enjoy standing in the shower by myself. Yeah. Well, you it's know, that's the hair. Luxurious. It's like a spa. It's the hair that yeah. changes Nobody the game for me watch. because. Yeah. Because, Don't wash it like, every day. Well, so you put it up when you're. Yeah, I'm gonna send sh- you a little. I'm gonna send you a little thing. Okay. I use a little thing so my hair doesn't get wet. Okay, because yeah, that's why I, do that I don't shower every day because it just drives me crazy to have to deal with like all all of this. Mm. And, you know, shower. So cap. funny because you're like the queen of the shower towel, the hair towel. I do love that thing, <laughs> um, and it changes the game, but not like to the point where I still want to shower constantly yeah this conversation took ages it's great it's really good and quality people need to know five stars i honestly love when we get on tangents like this i think that a a really good sponsor for us would be like a dry shampoo company or like yeah you know something that kind of i know i do too dry champ dry champ (laughs) it's in every like self-employed person's repertoire it's like in their toolbox yeah. but also i'm sure <laughs> every tool. every person who works in corporate america probably also needs it because i'm sure they're busy too yeah, yeah. totally if Great. there are any dry shampoo companies out there please yeah holler <laughs> oh i love it okay on the same note <laughs> what would an ideal day look well not the shampoo note <laughs> Same note as the last question I asked before mm-hmm. this. Um, what would an ideal day look like for you, Alana? <laughs> I've been starting, uh, so okay. Sorry. Um, I mean, not too much would be different. I love having a shorter work day. Uh, I feel productive, but to me, um, breaking up my day in the middle of the day to like switch hats is really difficult. Um, but it's temporary. My kids are young, and so. Um, I get to have lunch with them, which is great, but it's it's really hard for me to get out of the zone and back into it. So that would be different. And I'd also really like a fancy coffee maker. Um, that would that would change my mornings, I think. Wow, Christmas! Well, I'll just put that out there to any sponsor. Yeah, I, I know what I need to get you. I guess. <laughs> yeah, get me the like fifteen hundred dollar one for my center link. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even like I... coffee that much. I just feel like it'd be fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the trendy. ritual. You could take pictures of it. Exactly. Yeah, that's very influencery, um, <laughs> which you are. 
You are an influencer, at least of me. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my day would be pretty similar, I guess, which is kind of nice and encouraging when uh, you think about that. Hey, I'm on the right track. Totally. Um, I would just be better in my ideal world at um, listening to my body's needs and <laughs> taking uh, breaks and not feeling guilty for it. Um, oh, yes. yes. Let's get rid of that one. Guilt. Probably also um, being around people a little bit more than I am currently. Ditto. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, Me maybe too. some kind of like consistent meetup situation or like a, a consistent like work from um some kind of communal area i would throw that in there <laughs> i I, I relate to that because that's one of my things for the new year is, is getting out of the house working in a studio um but also i think we just touched on something like subconsciously is like romanticizing your life uh katie at first you were like it's not there, that glamorous, but actually turns out your day is yeah. exactly what you it's would like I, plan. I wouldn't change much. And yeah. if we just sort of start romanticizing it, and um, I guess in this situation, like taking a note from Instagram, it's like <laughs> believing the fake and, and posing it and tricking our mind into like understanding, maybe we'll all feel a little bit better about our situation. Yeah, and putting in the effort just for yourself the same way you would as if a lot of people were watching like you'd make your food look nicer and you'd it tastes better when it looks nice it really does yeah it yeah, does there's a really salad tries... <laughs> oh tell me about the salad ahead, first this is important wait <laughs> <laughs> there's this salad that i get that i can make at home there's like literally nothing special about it but it's like 20 dollars for a salad oh my god i don't get it and it tastes Get out so of much here. better. I can okay. make the exact same salad, and but someone else making it and making it pretty. I cannot better. make salads at home for some reason. Mm, I always I order them. them at restaurants, but at home, I just, they never taste as good. Maybe that's why, because mm. I don't put in the extra effort to make it pretty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, it all is sort of just chopped up in a bowl, but it's the chopping. Mm. that's what makes it taste good anyway it's just like i don't know the like effect of like it's kind of like when you buy a starbucks like you feel oh i got starbucks you know um yeah but i i don't go there because i'd rather make it at home so it's just funny how uh putting in that extra effort to like romanticize your life really does have an impact on your mood and how you feel about it yeah i love that i heard a quote recently that i loved and it was along the lines of like one of the most like sacred special parts about life is the things you do to sustain it. So it's like it's I the taking care yesterday. of yourself. Yeah, and um you know preparing your food and getting rest and but like inside all of those little things the things that you know every single day I'm like but I just picked all the meals yesterday. Like I don't want to do it again today and I don't want to do it yeah. again tomorrow, but like in that act is like where we find like the joy and the happiness in our lives. Totally. Because if you don't find it there, you're always going to be trying to like, I don't know. What am I trying to get at? No, here? I think no, you got like, it. I, I think you got it. Yeah. You're always it. trying to find it in like the big things. Like you want the yes. best things in the, you know, 
But if you sit down and you think, hey, how can I, like you said, romanticize this? How can I romanticize my life in the little tiny things? Yeah. And like that's where we find like the whole joy in our mm. lives. I love that's that. That's really nice. And I need to get better and pay attention mm, to those too. things. I do like, too. Yeah. Yeah. I always try and brush those things aside to like get to the, the meat of the day. And yeah, I think part of it is guilt too. Like when I, I feel like I need to be working like every second and being like my most productive self, um, Mm -hmm. especially because I work for myself. I think it felt different when I was working for somebody else. I didn't feel like that pressure, but now I'm like, my productivity is directly tied to my income. And um, that's a tough thing because my brain is like okay well that means you get no breaks and no time for yourself Katie um, we have to take a piece I know of that's our not right. I know no no I know yeah no I do it I do it too <laughs> um and it's funny because when I worked full-time my colleagues and I, I feel like I shouldn't even say this out loud we would take real long lunch hours and uh <laughs> we've all they done were, it they were the highlights of our I mean they were yeah I mean, I still like every time I make the salad that I used to bring for lunch every day, apparently I really like salad. Um, <laughs> don't worry. It's all about the toppings for me. Um, I, whenever I eat that salad, I have such good memories of sitting and having it with these people that like were the reason my job was, was wonderful. That they were, they were got me through the day, but it's really hard. It's a tough pill to swallow that the more you, it's not necessarily the more you work, but that you're in control of, of your income. and so especially if you don't have a team of people who you know are working in the background, or if you have a small team or something, it's really hard to shift your mindset to say like, if I do this for my body, if I, if I take care of this, if I make myself a quick 20 minute lunch break and I sit down and I enjoy everybody, I'm going to show up better to work. And that's a really hard thing to like get used to when you're like, I know I only have three hours. This is due. And, um, if I don't get it done now, I'm going to have to do it tomorrow. And then that's going to not work. And then I won't have time for this. And I won't have time for this. And it's sort of the like energizer bunny of being an entrepreneur. And so kind of shifting that mindset and remembering that like, okay, uh, it's not an emergency. Actually, what's more important is listening to my body. And I will get to that in literally 20 minutes. (laughs) But right now Mm -hmm. I'm going to cut up this avocado real cute. I don't do that. I don't even know how people get it out of the thing out of the shell when they do that. <laughs> I just, I just quarters. It. I no, quarters. Me, I so instead of cutting it in half, I'll give you cut it in quarters and you just like peel oh, it. Quarters. Yeah. And then you can slice it. I yeah. do it with a spoon I and it ends up smushing. I do a knife around you... the edge and then. Huh. Okay. Well, I just smush it. Now you know. But then I <laughs> sit and I eat it and I bought like a cute plastic plate and I my sister made me this bowl. And I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want people coming at me saying like, wow, you sit and you have a beautiful lunch. I eat at my desk right here while I'm working. My computer is covered in crumbs, but I should. And Katie, we should romanticize mm-hmm. it more and like think about how powerful that would be if we just said like 20 minutes. I'm just going to like have this moment for myself. And then we would probably show up so much better to all the other aspects of our life if we took care of those parts of our moments that that do sustain our life. I think that is. It's so true. What a moment. I love that. <laughs> it's always food like for me. That... <laughs> Ooh, we got a little taste of the jazz singer. Oh, yeah. There's more where <laughs> that came from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so we are about out of time, but I want to talk about Lumiere a little bit more. 
you want to take a minute and tell us all about it, all the courses and everything you have available? Yeah, yes. absolutely we do. Katie, you want to do it or do you want me to? I want Alana to do it. Hi, guys. So <laughs> we put our heads together to be a resource for artists who mean business. We know that so many artists struggle with this idea of putting on the business cap. It scares them. They get confused and they don't feel like there's enough resources out there that break it down in terms that a person who has no experience in business understands from marketing to LLCs to taxes to all that stuff. And just getting your work out there, people, that is like a hard concept to grasp. Like we said, like you're in charge of how much income you bring in. And so we wanted to be a resource for people who could feel safe and feel supported. So we have a YouTube channel um, and then we have courses that we teach and our kind of flagship course, I guess, would be our art licensing blueprint. And that is where we teach people about the industry of art licensing and how to get started um, from creating artwork that sells and that buyers will like to marketing your work and getting it in front of those buyers and just understanding the industry as a whole. Um, we also work with a lawyer um, who works with specifically with creatives and she helped us to make templates for contracts so that for these really specific cases, you are totally covered. We know because we've been in those situations where it goes totally wrong, red flags ignored, and we wanted to make sure that we were covered and that our students were covered as well. So that's called the Art Licensing Blueprint. And we've got some big plans for what's coming up next year and for how we're going to serve our audience. We just started working together uh, like two years ago, and I feel like we're just getting our feet wet. We're just learning the systems. We're learning how the other person works. And so we're just so excited for how much more we have to discover and how much more we can do to support artists who are so talented but don't necessarily have a grasp on how to make a business that's sustainable. I love it. I am going to sign up for one of your courses. Oh! I've been waiting till after we talk to choose which one. <laughs> but you can ask us all <laughs> about them. We will be happy to answer. Okay, yes, because I have been trying to get into the licensing world. Um, I've talked about this before, but I worked in-house designing uh, patterns prints oh, for products and loved it. Um, and then I switched to being like they became a client and I just designed mm -hmm. patterns from home for them. And so I want to do that for other people, too. And it's the hardest part for me is I've had people reach out to me wanting to work with me and I feel like I scare them away because I just give them too much information. I'm like, oh, okay, so we could do it this way or this way or this mm -hmm. way or this way. Right. And so that's something I need help with. Yeah. I think it's hard <laughs> because there are so many options and a lot of what we talk about is like there's there's the the reason we started with this was because there's no right way to run your business. There's only the way that's right for you. And so mm. we were told that this is the way you become a successful designer. If you go work at an agency and we were like, no, thanks. We don't love this. So we found the way that was right for us. And so whenever we talk, whatever we share, we know that that might not be right for someone. And a lot of what we do is, is this right for you? Here's what we're going to suggest. Does this feel like a good fit for you? And if so, take it and run with it. And so it's really hard, especially when you don't have a team surrounding you with the same vision 
to decide, well, should I do it this way or this way? And yes. so that's one of the reasons we wanted to build community around our work. Like Katie said, finding community is one of the best ways to figure out, like, do you fit in this community? Do you feel supported and loved in this community? And so we want to be not only a course, but a community where people can say, do you think this option is better or this? And it's really like talking through the scenarios and saying, well, why? Like, we can't say, just give them this option because we, we need to right. know so much more about your work and why that option will be best for you and why mm -hmm. it would be best for your customers that you're serving. Yeah, I think curation totally. too has become like one of the most important tools in my art business in multiple ways because I have to curate my art in my portfolio and I've become a lot better at that. Um, we always say you're like, your portfolio is as strong as your weakest piece. Um, and that is definitely true. And so I've gotten better at that, but then also curating my ideas. Like I definitely struggle with what you were saying, Lauren, with, um, we can do it this way or that way or that way. And like, I have all these thoughts and, um, you really, as a business owner, it's difficult because you, there's nobody else to like validate your decisions. I mean, I have Alana luckily, um, that I can like run stuff by, but you have to like be confident in um, pick something and stick with it, and but know that you can like pivot and change as data comes in or responses come in. But but yeah, I think curation um, in both of those kind of definitions of the word is really important when you run your own business. And I need that community. I'm always bouncing ideas off of my husband who's a software engineer mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that's really helpful <laughs> he's so sick of me being like does this look good does this look good he's like I don't know no. I, like, I guess it's <laughs> like yeah sure yeah we do that too I I ask my husband and he'll give me like business advice and I'm like wait you don't know anything oh. about my industry but I appreciate <laughs> the input and I'll get annoyed because I'm like that's not how it works yeah, exactly like, well why exactly did you ask it. me right <laughs> Yeah, no, community is so important to, to feel supported, to feel seen. And that's something that when we found each other, we found. And now we're off to help other people find that too, because it is probably the biggest game changer. I love that. It's so important. I'm so excited. Okay. Anything else you want to plug or share before we wrap up? Where can we find you on socials? So our... Um, handle is at lumier.co l-o-o-m-i-e-r.co and katie made that on instagram and i'm alana griffo on instagram and tiktok and i have a problem she's tiktokin <laughs> i'm tiktokin it's so much fun um i i love it it's I've so seen much some of your videos lower pressure so funny we also have um a free webinar uh, that teaches you awesome. all about what art licensing is and you can kind of watch that and see if that's something that you're interested in something you want to implement in your business because it's been a, a game changer for both Alana and my businesses and uh, Lauren and Steph are going to have a special code for that so that you can watch that free webinar mm -hmm. and we'll make sure that you can get that in the show notes Awesome. Yes. We'll link it in the show notes. Yay. Sweet. Thanks you guys. Thanks for having us. This is fun. 
This is so this fun. so nice to meet Yay. and talk with you guys. You too. I, know. I was yeah. so excited. This is good. You guys are awesome. Humans. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do this more often. Virtual I know. meetups. I know. Yep. We can have a group Marco Polo. Oh, that's nice. That sounds fun. Don't you love Katie and Alana? That was such a fun interview. I just love them. We do have a review this week from Gray is the Worst. It says, love this podcast. I found so many new favorite artists and designers to follow from this podcast. It inspires me to jump into my art more and it's just a fun, upbeat listen. The only problem is now all I want to do is quit my day job so I have more time for making. (laughs) This is titled, Can I Quit My Job Now? And, you know, I am not qualified to give my advice, but based on the information I have about you, which is absolutely nothing, I would say yes, quit your job. (laughs) Just kidding, don't listen to me. If this was your review, DM us on Instagram and we'll send you some goodies. Things like this just make it all worth it never gets old to hear that people are enjoying the podcast all right for all things design beat you can follow us on instagram at design beat podcast or visit us on our website at designbeatpodcast.com we'll catch you next week